I don't know if you're gonna see this voice my mom. But I thought I was happy. Are, are you happy? I'm not happy at all. Question is, are you happy? I'm the happiest I've ever been happy? right now. P.S. Be the person who you'd want to meet because somebody needs you. Welcome to Are You Happy? The Happy Hour. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Are You Happy podcast. Today, we have an excellent episode for you, totally brand new with someone you've never met. But of course, so is the same for every episode. It's someone you've never met, but you definitely want to hear from. So without further ado, we're going to introduce you to Mr. Bishoy Mata. How are you, Bishoy? I'm doing good, Vanessa. How are you? Excellent. Thanks so much for asking. So... From the beginning, your name is very interesting. Tell us about your name and where that comes from. So my first name, Bishoy, it comes from, it's an ancient Egyptian name. And it goes back to the uh, Christian uh, days when Egypt was a Christian country. And in in the Coptic or Egyptian language, it means the high and respected. This is the meaning of the name Bishoy. And Mara is just Matthew in Arabic, but this gets confused a lot of times with the Mara in Spanish, which has a different meaning. But I just like to, you know, refer to that Mara means Matthew in Arabic. That is interesting. Something I did not know before, and I'm pretty sure for all of our listeners, it's the same. So thank you for teaching us that. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We like to begin all of our interviews with a series of questions. And our first question to you, Bishoy, is, are you happy? I would say I am becoming happy. So I am in this place where where I actually like planned out, oh, what was actually uh, making me unhappy. And I figured, okay, these are the things that I need to do in my life to be happy. And now um, I would say I'm a work in progress and I see my happiness coming along like very soon. And you said becoming happy. So how did you decide that it was a point in time where you needed to alter your course and, and create whatever environment to become happy or start the process? So first, I, I didn't know that I wasn't happy. I just thought that this is life, you know, like everyone else. I thought that we're here to suffer, you know. Happiness is not really a part of, you know, to be enjoyed or to be lived on on a consistent basis. So until I started reading and learning about psychology and brain and sociology and, and everything that concerns the human and their interactions, and I started, okay, learning that, no, that's not how I'm supposed to be. I shouldn't be depressed. I shouldn't be with people that are bringing me down and uh, mocking my ambitions and mocking my dreams. I should be with people that really appreciate me, that really respect me. I should be doing the things that I believe that I need to be doing. I should be pursuing things that I feel that are going to have or add value to my life and not things that are going to meet other people's expectations. And then I started like, Reevaluating my life. Okay, I am a petroleum engineer, but I don't want to be a petroleum engineer. Okay, what what am I passionate about? Well, I am passionate about self-development. I am passionate about helping other people. So why shouldn't I use this and create my happiness around it if I love it? And and so on. I started cutting off cu- cutting off people. I started changing uh, my career. I started eating healthier. I turned vegan and I started hitting the gym more consistently. I started 
recovering from my past uh, knee injuries that were traumatic and learning about all of this oh this is what was making me depressed and now that I'm kind of diagnosed and treating all of that and fixing all of that I am becoming happier that is remarkable. Kind of going back to what you were saying about how you felt before and how, you know, you, you assumed that that was part of life. That's very interesting. So was it because maybe, say, of your personal experiences or is it like a combination of that and cultural as well? Like, what is that? I think it was, I mean, let me say this. Uh, I think it was predominantly culture because up to like, maybe my early 20s, I didn't really have any kind of independent thinking or my own intellect wasn't really developed. So most of my beliefs have been adopted from watching people and listening to people. So growing up, yeah, we should be suffering financially. We should be suffering uh, in our health. We should be suffering mentally. We, should, we shouldn't have like... Uh, like good friends and there's a famous sentence that I grew up around which was who's happy it's like it's okay if you're not happy man who's who's actually happy you know why do you want something that is just out of the ordinary just be unhappy like everyone else mm-hmm. you know and I'm like no no it, it can't be this way I know some happy people and I don't think they're just special or or somehow unique no, they, there has to be a way, they ha, they ha, it has to be that they're doing something different that they're, that is making them happy. And it has to be that I'm doing something wrong and most of the people around me are doing something wrong that is causing their unhappiness. So that phrase, who's happy, was, was that something that, that you grew up with that was like commonly used or was it in a, in a book or where did you see that particular phrase? So I, I have an Egyptian background and a Middle Eastern background. And uh, growing up, you're going to be like, okay, uh, let, let's take a very simple example. It doesn't reflect the reality of, of life, but let's take it for the sake of the example. Let's say I'm a kid, right? I didn't want to watch TV. Okay. And my mom tells me, no, TV is not good for you. And I'm like, no, but I'm having fun when you're when I'm watching TV and then my mom would be like but nobody's having fun you shouldn't have fun you know and then we grow up like this okay um I I want to be happy but who's happy I want to be healthy but who's healthy I want to have good friends but who has good friends I who has loyal friends and Mm. we started having this perspective and focusing on the negative side of life while, while on the other side, there is absolutely a positive and a bright side. And this is not being delusional. This is just accepting that I need to put in the work to create this good life and not be in denial that this is the reality of life because it's not. So is it kind of like a pragmatic approach in a way um, saying that who's happy or, or who's having fun, meaning that overall, generally speaking, there are a majority that are not having fun. Yes, exactly. So like basically, oh, uh, this is the norm, you know, mm. if, if you look at the majority of, of the population, uh, we, we can say that they see themselves as unhappy. And we just tend to uh, give in to this uh, doctrine or to this 
thought or belief that yeah i mean everyone is suffering why why shouldn't i you know and we have this deep belief that i'm not better than them if they're suffering <laughs> well i might as well suffer you know kind of thing got it but then you said no <laughs> i think i'm gonna I put said, in the work <laughs> i said no all caps yeah <laughs> you literally took yourself and took control of your situation and you took control of the problems that you were having and you just knocked them out one by one or you made it possible to create a path where you could do that and then be at a more positive place and just continue forward from there. Yes, exactly. I, I, I mean, it didn't happen all at once. So just like people listening have perspective. It took me years and years just to actually just have the courage just to say that, oh, I am different. I am going to cut you off. I am not going to eat at this restaurant. I am going to go to the gym. I am going to choose to read books over going to the club. I, I, it's, it's just, you know, having this courage to develop these things, you know. And, yeah, I, I just facing that, that, the fact that you most likely you're going to lose a lot of people choosing to be happy because, on a deeper level, we know that we connect with people based on things that we have in common. And if our misery is what we connect over, then we're not gonna have anything to connect over later on if I am happy and they're still in their misery. So that's deep down, we don't wanna pursue happiness because we think that I might lose them. But yeah, you will lose them probably. But would you choose yourself or them? And either way, there's a very high chance that life is going to, you know, drift you guys apart anyways. So might as well do it for a good reason and, and be happy and pursue happiness on, you know, on, on its merits. And have any of those people that were cut out, have any of them come back into your life later? Yeah, a lot of them have been like consistently trying to come back. But I, I mean, I, I, I just have this concept where if you're the same person i can't go back i have nothing against anyone and i love them to this day i've spent some of my best days with them i love those guys until this moment but the the price that i'm gonna pay to be with them is a price that i can't afford for yeah i can't really afford this price that makes sense now as a happy person have you developed new friends and new circles, new networks of support as a happy person? I would say that my friends have been better. I've been I've been able to choose better friends and even the and the friendships that I don't think those are the ideal friends that I want to have in my life. I started putting boundaries because, yeah, they're really good people. They're not hurting me. But at the same time, I want to surround myself with people that are going to contribute to my happiness. Mm -hmm. So I would say that to answer your question, I am working on it. So I I am looking for people that are like um, like-minded, but... Being, I, I travel a lot. I don't really stay in a place more than a year or two. So it's really hard for me to create those friendships that, you know, last. But I have some friends that have been with me since I was, uh, what, maybe 15 years old. And today I'm 26. They've been with me ever since. 
and those are the guys that I really count on. The, those are only two guys, and they've been with me through the thick and thin, and we've been together, and those are the guys I depend on, basically. And I've been working on making new friends that are really good for me and my happiness. Now, fast forwarding to present time, as far yeah. as what makes you happy, what in your life or, or what makes you happy in general? Um, I would say that talking to my parents makes me happy a lot. And uh, being at peace and thinking, living in the present moment as much as I'm really fighting that to live in the present moment, but I'm really practicing and to, to live in the present moment, this this simple exercise just brings a lot of peace to me and makes me happy that I'm not really consumed by worry or consumed by, by guilt over the past. I'm, I'm trying to be grounded in the present moment and focus on everything that is good. Like I have, I talked, I live in the US, but my family lives in the UAE in Abu Dhabi. And I try to talk to them as much as I can because they do bring me happiness. I have joy over just the small things, reading book, reading a book, having a coffee with a friend, playing soccer, uh, watching a movie, um, maybe hitting a milestone in my in my business and all of that. So this is just, I, I try to be happy over the simple things. And I don't wait for the big breakthroughs to be happy. I try to rejoice over the small things every day. I love to walk. Finishing a walk is just one of the best experiences I have in my day. I focus on, on the small things and they truly make me happy. Enjoying the simple pleasures, the small things, and then your family. What is it that, that you would put into words as far as when you say that you love talking to them? Uh, what is it that comes to mind? So I, I left my family when I was 17 uh, in the UAE, from the UAE and came to California. And since then, I haven't really lived or stayed with them more than three months at a time over the past nine years. And uh, this made me feel like I really appreciate these guys. I have I had no idea how much I love them and just it, it's so weird that being away brings me closer to them and being away makes us discuss things that I'm almost certain that if I was back home we wouldn't dive deep into we get so personal we talk about we talk like friends at this point we talk about everything and they became my friends in a sense they stopped being my parents and I enjoy chatting with them because I'm like talking with them I'm enjoying they're no longer like disciplining me and I'm no longer fighting with them and all of that I just I mean, reach that point or conviction that, you know what, um, I'm going to go one day, they're going to go one day, and we can get over anything. While the time that I spend that I'm here on earth and they are here on earth, I should just be happy and, and enjoy them as long as I can, because I know that I've been, I haven't been with them for a long time, and I wish I could be back with them. But the fact that I know that um, yeah, I'm getting a little bit emotional, but uh, the fact that uh, I know that I'm not really close to them wants me, I, I makes me want to get even closer to them, you know? Yeah, I totally yeah. understand that. I don't live 
that distance from from my family, but they are probably about maybe five hours away. And so every chance I got when I was younger, I moved far because that's, you know, in your nature when you're young is that you want to leave home and discover your destiny and, you know, all of all of that. But I just I just have, have always had it in me to travel and to be and experience other things and to grow. And so when I would call home, I would talk to my family and I would learn about what they were doing, ask them all kinds of updates. But then eventually it led to asking about life lessons and things that were important, you know, ideals that you could not could not discuss at home when you're around each other, but things that you could talk about from far away, but because of the experiences that you had in those new places. So I think that maybe when you're in these new places that it sparks, you know, these, these conversations and these subjects that come up. And then when you bring that to your parents, you hear this very rich perspective on, on so many things. And it's definitely very valuable. I understand that. Yes. I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad, you know, we come like, you know, from the same place because family means a lot. And I grew up to learn that, you know, did you always know that? Okay. Young, younger <laughs> you, right. This little fast guy, <laughs> young, young, happy guy, or, or I'm sorry, I don't mean to, you know, say what you were, I don't know. Did you appreciate your parents back then? I would say that I, I did appreciate them, but not in the way that I, as much as I understood what is appreciation or because I wasn't really aware of, of all the things that I'm aware of right now. I was just, so my appreciation for them was to be respectful, to listen to them and not to make them, you know, uh, mad over anything. This was kind of how I showed my love to them. Now that I grew up and I'm more aware and I learned more and I have, like, I would say a little experience in life, I'm learning to love them in different ways and to, like, grow this awareness of how rare and how beautiful this relationship is. And now that you're older and you do have these deeper conversations with them, do you have points of disagreement? And when you do, how do you move past that? Yeah, we had a lot. Uh, but basically, I, I, they, they know that we've reached an agreement that this, uh, this is my life. And at the end of the day, I should just consult them. But it's my life, it's my decisions, and I wouldn't want to do anything that would upset them. But at the same time, there are some decisions that are just going to upset them, you know. And we started, like, like uh, we, we, we're we at this place right now where they accept that I don't want to be a petroleum engineer. I want to live on my own. I want to be, to do my own thing. And at first, there was a lot of disagreement for years about this like you know leaving the engineering and just you know throwing everything away in their perspective but for me I'm, I'm i'm telling them i am building something new i'm not throwing everything away so we started like you know having conversations having disagreements but we now agree to disagree simply you know we 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 have this place that yeah we can disagree but we still have those those beautiful conversations and we still talk about everything like we have no disagreement or or whatsoever you know so there's a lot of growth that has happened over time oh yeah tremendous amount of growth absolutely yes
Well, that's wonderful to hear. Now, the other question that I have for you is if you could share a message with the world, any message at all, what would that message be? I would, uh, in the book, The Alchemist, uh, the novel, I like how he uses this term, personal legend. And in my opinion, I would say to everyone, get clear on what is your personal legend. Who, if, if you would just, you know, go wild in your imagination on how the perfect version of you would be, of how the perfect day would be, get get clarity on on how would this look like and pursue it and don't and don't settle for the people's legend be your own personal legend and don't try to meet people's expectations and make other people's happy while while, while you're miserable if you can if, if both of you can be happy that's good but if you're miserable you're not gonna bring any good to the world be happy, focus on your happiness so you can actually help other people become happy and you yourself become happy, which is the ultimate, I guess, thing that we need to do and to have a good life and to be able to contribute to our friends, family and society in general. Personal legend. So what is yours? My personal legend is to be able to have the freedom first and foremost. I want so my idea of, of the of the personal legend as it developed over the years. Uh, I wanted to have an online business where I can work from anywhere, and I choose the times that I work, and and uh, at the same time be able to scale it financially. And I was I I was almost intrigued by the amount of possibilities that are there in the online world. You know, there's. A huge amount of possibilities so I started like researching and doing my homework okay and then I figured that okay my personal legend wants to have the freedom from an online business and then my personal legend would as well be want to be to to do something that he's passionate about okay I am passionate about self-development and self-help in general so okay so my personal legend would actually be having a business an online business doing what he's passionate about and actually using his passion to pursue uh to pursue uh his purpose which is helping people and and my purpose i believe that or the purpose of my personal legend would be that i want to see young adults excited about life it breaks my heart to see like late 20 year olds and uh early 20 year olds or even early 30s like people in their early 30s to be just so hopeless about life i'm like guys we're just starting off our life we can't be this hopeless or depressed what are we going to bring to the world and those are the people that i want to help whether they're struggling with their relationships with their career i want to make this transition from the hopeless confused and lost perspective to a hopeful and joyful and optimistic perspective. And this is basically what covers my personal legend. I have my own goals and I'm doing what I'm passionate about and I'm using these things to help people out. And as well, being able to enjoy the things that I truly enjoy. I love to play soccer. I love reading books. I love going to the movies. I want to create a life that actually as well puts me in, in a good place. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's uh, amazing. 
<laughs> wow, that is that is like the the peak definition of of an optimist right there. Um, I think that that is a phenomenal business idea. If it was a business business plan and I was the bank, I would approve your loan. Like that is, I, yeah, that's wonderful. You you have such passion for your work, and you speak very well you have the ability to communicate with people your own age and you have a perspective to share with them so if you are constantly working toward your goal and pursuing your passions and keeping in step within those that the age range that you want to work with which is you know probably closer to your own and a little bit above uh, then there's no reason why you could not have the success that you want to have so I think that you know, what you're wanting to do is very relevant and it, it will definitely work out for sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. If you could describe what your upbringing was like as a child, how would you describe that in detail? So I would say that I had two phases in, in thinking about my childhood and my upbringing. I thought of myself as an introvert who didn't really have much friends and that was really, you know, nobody really listened to him or no, nobody was taking care of him. I was the middle kid, so it was easy for me to fall into this kind of thinking, you know, to believe all of this. But just talking to my old friends and looking back, this was completely false. I was the popular kid. I was the best at soccer, and soccer in the, in the Middle East is just, you know, the top sport. So when you're the best guy at playing the best sport or the most popular sport, you're just in this place that that is really good. You know, so I wasn't lonely. I had a lot of friends. I had, I had a lot of people looking up to me. I had supportive parents, as and, and this is the thing. Looking at my upbringing, I used to judge my parents so hard, and I... I like if I can, I want to apologize to them about this because I judged them so hard, but they actually did their best with what they know and with what they have. And in my in the back of my mind, I was like, they could have done this different. They could have made this better. And I'm like, they're just humans. Like, like I'm talking to myself, just chill, man. You know, one day you're gonna be parent, a parent, and you're gonna be judged as well. So cut them some slack to this day they love you and they haven't shown anything to you but love so understand that now that you're an adult you need to understand that they've done everything they can to bring you up and they couldn't have done any better and if they could they would have done they would have just you know done anything for you and I'm, I'm completely sure because to this day they are doing everything for me and my upbringing, I would say, was really good. Uh, I had a lot of friends. Uh, the only thing that I myself, I was an introvert, and I wasn't. I'm not really sure how this developed, but uh, I used to be. I used to like to sit in my room alone, alone, a lot, and um, this really depressed me. But I wasn't. I can't really remember the you know, the intricacies of everything that happened, but. I can't remember if I would generalize my upbringing. It was a really good upbringing, just a middle class family. 
enjoying simple things, uh, hanging out together with relatives and friends. And I had a, a church community and everything was beautiful, I would say, especially listening to other people's upbringings. I'm so grateful that I had such an upbringing in a good country as well. That was the UAE, which had really like amazing like you know uh service to 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 everyone that was living in there and it was an amazing community to live in basically that is so interesting that you thought you were alone that you had no one that you were not popular and then it was the exact opposite like <laughs> that's that is so interesting it's so uh, true we often criticize ourselves very harshly more than anyone else if anything People, other people that are not in your body, other people outside of yourself, criticize you far less than you do. Absolutely. I have um, a family member who used to come and say, oh, I don't like the way this looks or I don't like how, you know, I do this. And I said, you know, uh, people are basically walking around with a mirror in front of them all the time. And when you think that they're judging you by something based on your look or how you talk or how you walk, you think that they're looking at you, but they're not. They're actually looking at themselves, right? And so when they're commenting on things that they may not like about you, they're actually commenting on their own traits. It's not, it has nothing to do with you. So it's like we all have these mirrors that we're walking with all the time and it, it's never anything to do with you. It's always, you know, their projection on something that maybe that they're not addressing. So it's, that's so interesting. It is very interesting how, how we judge ourselves far more harshly than yes. other people. Yeah. So that, so your yeah. friend said, no, you were popular. No, you, you had friends. And do you think that? Yeah, I was like, you guys are absolutely right. How did I miss that? You know, uh, but I focus on, on, on the bad, you know kind of thing i i chose to focus on what was lacking or the little that is not good and i totally discredited and dismissed everything that was good and i'm like dude seriously like i i and to this day i think that the people i grew up with still love me and appreciate me but here's the thing you know just being the popular kid you don't really know who loves like you don't really know people by name or something but you know and you just grow up to learn that actually a lot of people were looking up to you and they know you by name but you don't feel the, their love or you don't see their love and you don't know about it but it, it, it truly exists and just you know some cons like you know it just happens by chance you know that you learn that oh no I see you as a role model and I like you and I've always looked up to you. And I'm like, wow, dude, I had no idea, you know? Uh, so two things there. So one, do you think that your life would have been a completely different path had they not said that to you and told you what it was? But saying like, that to me. Go ahead. Um, I, I would say that um not really uh I, I i really feel grateful and appreciate it but i would say that i learned that oh i think that was something that i grew up with that i really look for my own i don't get validation or 
let me put it this way. I don't see my self-worth based on people's validation. Because I learned that, yes, I, I they like me because I did this and that. Not because they just like me. But if I do something that they don't like tomorrow, well, absolutely, they're going to say the opposite, you know. So I stopped really building my self-worth or my self-acceptance around who loved me or who accepted me or who saw me as a role model. Tomorrow, Today, I'm a role model. Tomorrow, I might not be just because our views might be different. So I started pursuing it from the point of view, from the point of from the point of view that I am actually, I have my own set of beliefs, I have my own set of principles, and that's what I like pursue my life with. I don't pursue it based on what people accept or approve of, kind of thing. So it didn't really um, make a huge difference for me. I appreciated it, I was grateful for it, but it didn't really change my course of action or the direction that I was heading to in my life after that once you i guess found this personal power that it was all you know based and it lied with you as far as how you how you move forward then what did you do with your life from from your younger years once you realized that what did you do next so i so yeah so actually this separation happened so i i used to have friends that agree with me on everything and this might be uh, something about me that if I feel that someone really wants to change my course of action because they don't believe that I'm that I should be doing this just absolutely for no reason, for no good reason, I started like reevaluating those friendships. Okay, hey man, no, uh, you start thinking that I shouldn't be talking this way. You start thinking that I shouldn't go to like you should you. You start dictating. Once I see that you start dictating how my life goes, that's when I start reevaluating our friendship. But other than that, I try to maintain all friendships and all connections with people. I, I really hate conflict. I hate to cut somebody off, but if I need to, I will. For me, I have a religious background, and I like to base my actions and my life based on 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 principles on the Bible or just. Pre- principles of of goodwill so if i feel that i'm it's not about me it's not that i'm getting head on with them to prove them wrong it's that this is my truth and i am trying to live it and if someone is gonna drift me away from my higher purpose i have no problem you know just uh losing them uh, or cutting them off because at this point they're gonna start bringing me down and their approval is no longer needed for me. So this is a different subject, but definitely something that I would like people to know because when you reached out to, well, actually, I think you liked one of our posts, right? <laughs> On Instagram. And then uh, I'd read about you and I thought, man, you'd be a great person to interview. Um, so can you tell everyone what it is that you do and then where you came from as far as career and, and how that all happened? Yes. Okay. Let's start off when I graduated high school. So I was in the Abu Dhabi, UAE. I was applying to schools all over the world in the UAE, Egypt, Canada, the US. But I landed in the US. And at 17, I had to make this, you know, complete 
you know, transformation that I need to move from Abu Dhabi, leave everything behind, leave everyone behind and pursue a well-respected degree in the U.S. as a petroleum engineer. And yes, I boarded that plane when I was 17 and flew to the U.S. and came here and graduated and pursued petroleum engineering, graduated in 2018, and then worked uh, until this last uh, July as a petroleum engineer. And, but now I've decided to pursue life coaching full-time. But during all of this time, I started exploring and learning about myself. So leaving Abu Dhabi, I had the goal to, okay, uh, get the citizenship, uh, uh, earn the degree and get a few years of experience under my belt and then fly back. But this plan was completely dismantled because what happened was uh, I am alone. I am by myself and in a new country that I didn't, I, I didn't really know how to speak English that well. I, I studied in English, but I couldn't really, you know, carry out a conversation that well. So I had no nothing else to do but to spend time on my own and I started getting into books and listening to speakers and learning about like the body and the human and relationships and and what is our purpose and what can make me happy and why am I not happy and what is depression and all that and learning about all that just kind of made me drift away from the original plan which was earn citizenship a degree in a few years and go back and I'm like okay I can now put this plan on the side because obviously it's not going to make me happy now that I learn more about myself and I started doing all these things so I've been for the past eight years while I was going to school and pursuing petroleum engineering I've tried a lot of online businesses but I didn't feel that this is what I wanted to do I tried marketing, I tried reselling on eBay, I tried e-commerce, and the list goes on. But I feel like this is a part of being an introvert. I am a person who does things that align with what I believe in. And if they don't align, I just feel that I'm not at peace and I can't keep going. So I kept trying until I figured that, oh, this is what makes me aligned, life coaching because it's an online business, like I talked before, and it, it makes me pursue my passion, which is self-development, and as well, help people that I'm compassionate about. So this is how the transition happened. It didn't happen overnight. I was, I had a lot of hard days. I was depressed. I was lonely. I had no one to talk to. I moved to five different cities in the last nine years in California. And every time I moved, I needed to make new friends. So I wouldn't say that, that I had it easy. I went through a lot of hard times. And even there was from, since I was 17 until I was 19, I was applying for my green card. And in those two years, I couldn't back, go back to the UAE. And I couldn't see my family or my friends. So those two years were the hardest. And for a kid that, you know, just in a country completely by himself and with no one to support him or to talk to or to just to tell him, you know, things are going to be okay. And that there's, you know, this thing that you want to go back and see your family. So th those two years, I would say, changed me and made me reevaluate everything. What am I here for? You know, what am I doing? What is really my purpose?
is it really worth it to pursue all of these things on the expense of my family and my friends and my home country? It was like, you know what? I think it's too late to ask this question, but I'm at the point where I need to keep going and I'm going to work on changing my life and reevaluating my life because now I know what really matters. I know that the degree doesn't, isn't, isn't really valuable when it comes against my happiness. If I'm not happy, my degree isn't really worth a lot. The money I made as a petroleum engineer wasn't really worth a lot compared to me being miserable. It's, it's a lot of things that I've that transformed me that transformed me into a person that values happiness and and gratitude and inner peace more than anything else because I've made money as a petroleum engineer. I've had this oh wow when I when someone asks me what do you do for a living response. So I would say that I've experienced some good things that comes with 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 the ego. But I've came to learn that it's not really worth much. It's uh, it's vanity kind of thing, you know. Um, I I and th this is what made me pursue life coaching because I believe this is really valuable. Although a lot of people disagree with me to this moment, but this is what I believe in, and I decided that because I've been through all of this, I know what I want. And I know what, what is true to me and what I want to pursue because I don't know how long I'm staying on this earth. But I know that on for the days that I'm here on this earth, I want to do something meaningful. I want to have inner peace. I want to have a good life, basically. I hope this kind of... Uh, yes, it definitely does. <laughs> there is so much, so much good in that yeah. message, so much. So my question to you, follow-up, of course, is yeah. that during that two year period, you know, all of the difficulty and strife and, and hardship and, and, you know, moments of just, you know, dark for you, what, and you may have said this already, so please forgive me, but what saved you? What turned it around? What turned the light on? You know, what started the, the reroute of, of your path, you know, two years is a long time. And so, <laughs> There had to be a catalyst of some kind, right? So what was the catalyst for you? Uh, the catalyst for me was... Uh, that's a hard question because I know I had a lot of days where I knew that it was like in, in small increments, you know. But I would say that what happened with to me in those two years, what was really transformed me. So reevaluating my life, doing a reality check in those two years. I mean, I was maybe like from 17 until 19, I wasn't really aware or, or mature to a point where I can really have um, a really solid uh, point of view on how I want my life to go. But what happened is I started like simply asking myself, okay, now I am miserable. I am depressed and I am lonely. And I can't do anything about it. And this feeling developed over the two years to this is enough is enough. I'm not doing this anymore. And for what I'm pursuing, for everything that I'm pursuing from now on, needs to be something that makes me happy. Because 
everybody told me to do, oh, hey, go earn your green card uh, and to so you can get your citizenship. Go earn, go earn your degree across the globe. And this is going to guarantee you a life of happiness. And I came to learn that, you know, people just talk. People just talk. And as a kid, I, I don't really know any better. So I believed them, you know. But then I was like, okay, uh, thank God this, like, you know, reality just was collapsed in front of my eyes that, no, these people don't really know what they're talking about. They're just talking for the sake of their egoic, you know, part of them that wants to talk and wants to have an opinion. But not really having you in mind if you're going to suffer or what's going to happen to you or if this is going to destroy you as a person or not. It was those two years that actually took me from reevaluating my life to actually working on everything that I need to do to change my life, including everything, relationships, health, uh, family, uh, career, everything. I, I reevaluated everything to a point that, okay, I'm going to do what makes me happy because now I know that people just talk and I need to form my own beliefs and my own conceptions of what is happening. So I think the problem is we don't have a clear definition of what happiness is to each one of us. First, we need to get to gain clarity. So I was like, I, I tried to gain clarity at first that okay, uh, I'm going to earn a degree, citizenship, and a few years of, under my belt, and this is going to make me happy. And I came to learn, no, this is going to make me happy. So I started, okay, thinking, I need to think for myself. What is going to make me happy? And I, and the thing is, once you start making the decision that you want to be happy, you're just actually kind of cultivating this idea. It's not well-formulated off the bat, no. You have an idea and then you go go try this and that and fail in this and win in that, you know, and then you start building this kind of uh, structure of how happiness looks like for you. And then you start pursuing it. But it's not, oh, uh, I'm happy playing soccer. No, soccer is not going to make you happy. You know, you got to dive deep in and learn what makes you happy and pursue it, basically. But this was my wake up call, I would say learning that I wasn't given the best advice and I need to, if I need to save myself, I need to do it. Nobody else is going to do it for me. Well, if there was, if there was ever a reason to evaluate yourself, <laughs> this is certainly that. That is, that is amazing that you took the time to do that. You know, most people would have just said, okay, you know, this is where we are. I am resigned to this particular situation and leave it at that. But you, you didn't do that. So you evaluating yourself and your path and finding out what it is that would make you happy and then pursuing that and cultivating it, that led you to where you are now, correct? Yes, absolutely. Thinking about your current situation and how everything is trending up for you, right? Mm -hmm. Is there any particular mentors that you have? Is there any particular books that you draw upon for reference when you know, you're you doing your current work or when you need to push up yourself? Is there any mentor or book like that? There is, I would say uh, there are some books that really helped me a lot along the way. 
and it's uh, the power of now uh, for Eckhart Tolle and Awaken the Giant Within for Tony Robbins and uh, and Widen the Window. This really helped me a lot with just uh, diagnosing and treating my trauma. Is for Elizabeth uh, Stanley. I can I confuse her with Elizabeth Warren, but <laughs> Elizabeth Stanley. Um, yeah, those are the three books that really stood out for me. The Power of Now, Awaken the Giant Within, and Widen the Window. And those helped me a lot, those books. If you could summarize in, you know, in a few sentences, like why that particular group of books did that for you, what, what would you say? Yes, absolutely. So the power of now just worked on my spiritual side. So I am so worried about the future. I am so, uh, I, I, I regret the past. And I forget that there's a present moment. And it keeps elaborating that there is no truth but the present moment. The past is just memory in your, in your mind. And the future is just your imagination. And you are literally missing out on life because you refuse to experience the moment. And to be here and to actually do the things that bring your spirit back to life because a lot of people are not actually aware of the distinction of the soul body and mind they, they, they just hear about it but i know that i had a soul and w when i learned that from that book i started thinking oh it keeps talking about being the witness of your thoughts and i'm like witness of my thoughts how does that work you know and i'm like no uh I am the witness of my thought and made me aware more of my spiritual side kind of thing. This is about the power of the now. And Awaken the Giant Within gives you clarity on how everything works. So it talks about three things, raising your standards, changing your beliefs, and having a strategy. So raising your standards because we aim so low that we have like, we, so our lives are not really good because we aim so low. And then we couldn't take action until we really change our limiting beliefs and have empowering ones. And the third thing is, okay, you can have the beliefs and you can have the, uh, what was it? Uh, the first thing. Uh, anyway, so the third one is having a strategy. So without a good strategy, there's not much to do. You can have the blueprint, but if you don't know how to apply it and the real word, really you're not gonna go any like to, to a good place. And this is Awaken the Giant. And uh, wide in the window, I had eight major knee injuries in my right knee. And this created a body of trauma inside of me, as the, uh, as the book describes it. And this helped me release all the stress that was accumulated within me. And doing those exercises and gaining back my health. So I used to have brain fog. I used to have chronic neck pain. My digestion was bad. And... Uh, I would just have bad memory. All of these things are signs of PTSD. And I didn't know that. But learning about those things, when, when you know the problem, you can diagnose it. That diagnose it. But uh, I didn't know the problem. So this book taught me that, okay, these are the symptoms of what you have. And this is the way to treat it. And until I knew or learned about these symptoms, I didn't know what I had. I just thought that 
I didn't know what was going on except that I'm in pain, you know. But learning about how the body and the nervous system accumulates stress from everything, from food, from sleep, from relationships, from just, you know, thoughts and everything, this actually accumulates in your body and have a lot of side effects or not even side effects, but major effects that are not even good for you. And I learned how to treat them and diagnose them. So to recap, power of the now made me aware of my spiritual side. Awaken the giant gave, gave me perspective on how to pursue my goals. And why did the window made me diagnose and treat my PTSD or the trauma that I went through, basically? And then working on your body, focusing on not just hurting or acknowledging that you hurt, but also finding out about the symptoms and how to treat that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Especially that uh, I, you know, you go to an orthopedic, they just focus on the muscles and the, and the, you know, skeletal, skeletal system, you know, but there's a whole, I, I, I figured that, no, there's a lot that has to do, that psychology has a lot to do with, with just, you know, injuries it's not only you know the the physical part but the psychological part has a huge impact on it yeah definitely does that's that i was thinking about <laughs> i was thinking about different different uh different pains different things different ailments you know and and exactly what you said is perfectly true so that yeah i i can understand that very much and now it makes me want to go look up everything so thanks <laughs> yeah no problem absolutely <laughs> um my next question for you is, is there something that you've never been asked before when being interviewed or talked to that you've been just burning to share with people? Is there something you've never been asked? And what is it? Something that I've never been asked. Um, I would say, uh, I can't really think of anything, but if I want to share something that I've never shared before, it would be that I th th there is consequences for everything. And don't think that um, what you're doing today doesn't affect your tomorrow. And it definitely did for me in good and bad ways. And never think that you have it all together. Never think that you can't learn anymore. This this is a mistake that, this is a question that I've never been asked. What is the biggest mistake that I've ever done? And that has costed me a lot. And it is thinking that I know, I know a lot, or I've read a lot of books and I've reached to this point where I think, oh, I'm good now, man. You, you need to stop reading and you're good now. You know, people are asking you for advice and it can't get any better. You're doing great. And then this was the biggest mistake I've done in my life. And I saw myself actually being less articulate, being having less knowledge to share and being more egoic, you know. And I figured that, okay, no, you never should think that you know enough and you never th should think that there's some point where you are perfect and have nothing to improve. So recognizing that you don't know everything and that you're always yeah. learning. And keep reminding yourself because it can be really easy to slip when it comes to this. Definitely. 
Definitely. I would say uh, in a professional field, you study so much that you're like, oh, I, I know everything. Or I know what you're saying, sir, because I've already, I already, I already finished your sentence in my head. So I know. I know what you're saying. But then, really, <laughs> yeah. he said nothing of the sort. I mean, people do that every day, if you think about it. When you're talking to someone, not anyone in particular, but when you're talking to people and you're having this conversation and they either cut you off or finish your sentences, and half of the time, what they said to complete your sentence isn't where you were going at all. You know, and so yes. sometimes, yes. yeah, sometimes the, the conversation takes a different direction and you're like, no, no, that's not actually what I was going to say at all. <laughs> so. yeah. And they're so convinced that, no, they know that you what you want to say. And I'm like, no, that's not what I want to say, you know. So we could definitely be uh, better, better for sure at, at being active listeners. We could be better at reading and and growing with with books and reading other sources of information that can help us uh, examine ourselves we could look at our bodies and, and find out what it is that's causing any particular ailments we could be humble we could yeah. talk to other people and learn from experiences and then determine that what was yesterday is not what is tomorrow and definitely not what determines your today. Does that sound about right? Yes, yes, absolutely. We just don't take anything for granted. For granted, even your knowledge, you lose it over time if you don't keep sharpening it. Very true. Very, very true. So what I heard from you earlier was that your your personal legend was that you wanted to travel, you wanted to be free, you wanted to work on your terms with an online business where you could do what you're passionate about. And, and just pursue what it is that you that you wanted to pursue. So taking all of that into mind and heart, right? After yeah. today, after this call, after this show, what does the future look like for Bishoy Mata? For me, I am the, the future is more promising. I see the light coming at the end of the tunnel to be coming closer and closer every or i am getting closer to it every single day and uh i feel so excited and grateful that i'm pursuing what i believe in um i believe that because i've put all of this time and effort and energy and money in pursuing something that i believe in that it is going to pay off and i'm going to have a pretty good life with all the goals that i've set for my life happening really really soon which we talked about everything that my personal legend wanted or i planned for my personal legend is coming really soon god willing and is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience such as where they can learn more about you websites social media things like that Absolutely. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Purpose with Bishoy. And I'm in the process of creating the YouTube channel. And I have my Facebook page, Purpose with Bishoy, where I'm going to start soon uh, to be teaching every Monday free webinars where you can join me just completely for free. And uh, this is where I can teach you about how to find your purpose, how to find your passion and how to live a life that you believe in and how to pursue your personal legend, basically. Well, it all sounds amazing, and I can't wait to follow you on your journey. Be sure that you keep in touch with us and let us know how you're doing. And we are so honored to have met you, have had this conversation. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. 
and Thank we hope you, that we have the most it. happiness. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, I want to appreciate, I want to thank you. And I really appreciate you guys having me on this podcast. And I'm really grateful for, for, for this opportunity to talk to you and to the Are You Happy team in general and to everyone listening to you guys and to your podcast. Thank you so much. And to your parents. Thank you, Bishoy's parents. What are their names? Uh, Sameh and Magda. Your yeah. parents. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's a, yeah. Thank you so much for bringing this wonderful boy into the world. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate it again and safe travels everywhere you go and be sure to stay happy, which I'm sure you will. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vanessa. I wish you all the happiness, you too. And for the Oh, Are You Happy team, you guys are doing a great job and I love what you're doing. Thank you so much. The Are You Happy Hour and Are You Happy Hotline are brought to you by Are You Happy Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media such as Instagram and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. Are You Happy, the docuseries, can also be found on social media such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See you guys next time for another wonderful episode of Are You Happy, the Happy Hour. <laughs>